It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. All right, so you hear the music. It's a little different from what we normally come at you with. By the way, if you can name the theme that is our regular theme, you know, we'll give you a shout out on the episode. I will give you guys a little bit of a couple clues just to help you out. It appeared on a SmackDown versus Raw video game from the mid-2000s. Good luck. Have fun. Let me know if you can figure that out. But nonetheless, the voice, you should recognize it by now. Even if the entrance music is a little different. It is I, your host, Jacob DeLawrence, at underscore JDella on Twitter. I'm coming to you. Said is not with me for this intro. So you know what that means. We recorded a bunch of content and we split it in half for you guys. So this is the second part of our Black History episode, our Black History special. Now, I don't want to call it a special. That makes it feel like one of them after-school specials where you used to have to sit there and watch, waiting on your parents to come pick you up. Yeah, man, those were not fun. And those are also really, really cheesy. And speaking of after-school and all those school specials, shout-out to McGruff the Crime Dog. The man who played him got like 16 years, and I think it was on drug charges too, which is really ironic and hilarious. But nonetheless, this is the Believe in NXT podcast. Like I said, I am your host, Jacob DeLawrence. As always, my boy said is normally here with me, Roddy Shotgun. He's with me for the episode, but for, not for the intro. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at said underscore says. And that's said with two Ds, so that's C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. And while I'm out here throwing out Twitter handles and everything, we can't forget about the people that make this episode and this whole entire podcast possible. The Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Over 200 plus shows. You should know my spiel by now. Believe.com. Click on shows. Just scroll through. Baseball season starting. Spring training's here. The Astros are, you know, the talk of the town thanks to their cheating controversy. You got some of some of the Dodgers being like, hey, man, I want my World Series ring. You know, strip them. Come on, man, Fred, have a backbone. So go check out the Believe in Dodgers podcast. Get a little more insight on that. Plus, Mookie Betts is officially a Los Angeles Dodgers now. So maybe Magic Johnson will finally get that World Series ring that he keeps trying to buy as a part owner of the Dodgers. Only time will tell because baseball, oh. <sighs> Baseball season is the definition of a marathon and not a sprint. A 162-game season. Baseball is starting now February. Today is February 26. Spring training games have started. Catchers and pitchers reported a couple weeks ago. So essentially from the middle of February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, you basically go through October and maybe you squeak into the very first couple of days of November. It's basically 10 months out of the year is baseball season. Ugh. Ugh. That is a lot of baseball to watch. But hey, a lot of people love it. I love to watch baseball in person. I love to watch postseason baseball. I can't watch a full 
nine inning, three and a half hour game, all in one sitting. I will come back to it if I'm like, oh, bottom of the third. All right, cool. Oh, it's bottom of the seventh. All right, good. Things are looking real spicy and interesting here. But yeah, nonetheless, it's baseball season, so go check out some of our baseball podcasts. Go check out some of our reality TV podcasts, Vanderpump Rules, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We got the East Coast. We got you covered across the board. So hey, no more podcast network for professionals because of content and shows like the ones that I just mentioned. And speaking of content and quality and being number one, we are the best damn WWE-centric podcast out there, period, point blank, plain and simple. I don't care what show you line up against us. They're not as good as us. They're not as thorough as us. They're not as honest as us. They're not as detailed as us. They are not as opinionated as us. Also, just to toot my own horn and say it's to an extent as well, they don't get predictions as right as us. We went six for six on Worlds Collide. I was damn near perfect on TakeOver Portland as well. We call this, we are money, shooter shoot, like said says. <laughs> and there we go, at said underscore says, man. That's right there. I see what he did with that Twitter handle. Great marketing, sir. Great job. But yeah, nonetheless, we are the best damn WWE-centric podcast, period. If you don't believe us, tag us on Twitter with your other favorite podcast and tell them. Invite the boys on. Invite the podcast tag team champs on. Invite the Believe in NXT boys on. And we're going to come to somebody's show, and we're going to verbally hand a fade, man. We're going to give you that smoke. Courtesy of the power of positivity of the most professional podcast. Nice little alliteration for you, because, you know, said has slowly turned me into a New Day enthusiast and even a more gender, and even a bigger gender mahal and Mojo Riley hater. Boom. We even got a Mojo Riley reference on the entrance with no said. I'm that nice today. But nonetheless, this episode that you're about to hear is the continuation of Sed and I's conversation about Black history and the excellence that has stepped into the WWE rings, the ECW rings, and the WCW rings, because like I said in the last episode, Vince owns it all damn near, so it's all his play box. In this episode, we talk about some of the stars that are a little underutilized, and we also give our truth aka Ron Killings, his flowers, for a good bit of the episode, because if you want to think about it, that man has had a hell of a run that is not talked about. We also talk about a few other cats that are criminally slept on. We touch on managers for a brief little moment. We hit the we hit it all, man. This just ain't your whole stereotypical, oh, you know, The Rock, the Booker T's, The New Day. No, no, we dig deep. We go into the history. We give you a good bit of everything. So sit back, relax. Here's part two. We're just going to drop you right into the conversation. Seth and I pick up talking about who is underutilized, and we start off talking about Alo, 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 Aloe Vera, Alo. Get a little rub, you know, rub yourself down with Aloe before you come through the curtain. Get a little extra shine. That's what they do. I thought it was baby oil. Anyway, we talk about Apollo Crews and how he's underutilized and what they can do to fix Apollo Crews and get him back. So that is where we're starting with this conversation. So without further ado, I'm shutting up and we're rolling right into it. Now, as far as um, today's group, there's a lot of, we, we can actually, there's a laundry list of misused and undervalued <laughs> talent um, of any, any um, ethnicity or race in the company. Who's, who's some, who, who are some superstars you want to see get some more love? In, in present day? Oh, I mean, 
off the top of my head, it's Apollo Crews, right? Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, Apollo Crews is uh, clearly he, not judging by your response. No, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing with that. I think Apollo Crews is dope. I just don't know what they can do to get him get him get the fans on his side. I think he can go in the ring. I think he's dope. I, obviously, the mic skills are lacking, and Usually the quick fix to do something like that is like, oh, yeah, let's put him in a tag team. I don't want to do that. I think Cruz should probably go back to NXT where where the ring work is going to be what prevails more than anything. True, but he didn't really have that much well, that long or that honestly successful of a run at NXT the first time. I know he did the throwback match, I want to say, sometime – Last year, within the past couple of years, when he went back to NXT and put on a banger, yeah. and it was like, oh, man, everybody was excited to have Apollo Crews back. He needs more moments like that than getting like lost in the shuffle that is Raw and SmackDown. You know, his thing, Apollo Crews can work if you put him with the right person. I know you said, oh, put him in a tag team. I feel like you need a faction. Like, if you made Apollo Crews a Paul Heyman guy and wiped a smile off his face and paired him with Shelton Benjamin and, like, kind of kept them as, like, hitters for Brock or something. Okay. I feel like we got money there. I like that. So, in this, let, let's talk about this faction. Who else would you allow to be in this faction? Because I think, I think really – the key to staying afloat is being a Paul Heyman guy. And I'm talking about behind the scenes. If you're a Paul Heyman guy, he's going to look out for you and make sure um, that you get some type of credibility um, on the actual programming. Oh yeah, definitely. I would say Paulo Cruz needs the Heyman touch. The street profits are currently getting the Heyman touch. Let's see what else. Who else? You know, yeah, this is what you do. You take Bobby the Thumb Lashley <laughs> and you pair him with Cedric and Apollo. I don't care what gimmick you got to give them to make it work. But you put them three together and if you want to bring Leo Rush back to the quote-unquote main roster, there you go. Boom. Well, that's, that's automatically going to get viewed as a... Uh... Nation and Domination gimmick, don't you think? And even on top of that, that's that's actually what the New Day was getting confused for at first. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. But look at it, though. Think about it. You got Cedric. You got Apollo. They can go. You got Leo. He can go, and he's great on the mic, as we've seen with Leo and Bobby before. And then Bobby's just a big muscle. Okay. I like that. And Bobby's been around for a long time. You got to give Bobby some love too. Being, um, I think he was he the first ECW champion when the when the brand came back to WWE. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, they did give him the ball to run with in ECW. Yeah, so Bobby's been doing his thing for a long time. I hope they actually allow him um, some more shine outside of this horrible angle he's in right now. But Cedric Cedric Alexander was another guy who did have the ball in his hand for a little bit on Raw. Went during the original brand split, he was in some main event spots, and then now they cooled off him altogether. So, you think the best thing for Cedric is to go into a stable? Um, 
you gotta do something with Sid. So I don't see why you don't throw him in the stable. Or maybe he can come out save the street profits one day. You had you gotta do something. Because it was working when he had that solo run. He had a little feud with Styles, but for whatever reason, took him right out at the leg. So I feel like you can easily get said back in and get him heated back up. I think you have. The, I think you're on the right track. And I think for some of these younger guys who um, who can go, who have all the talent in the world, can put on great matches. You just need to pair them with a vet. So what if you did a pair? I don't know, you pair an Apollo Crews with Lashley or something like that. Obviously, um, Apollo being a great in-ring worker, stuff like that. What if you paired, like, Cedric Alexander with a Sheldon Benjamin? Guys who have been around for a long time that can kind of carry some of that load and that pressure off and help the crowd get behind you a little bit. Yeah, and you know, since WWE loves to rehash things, let's go ahead and take Lashley. Let's take Cedric and let's take Shelton Benjamin. And you can kind of do it like Team Angle back in the early 2000s. Yeah, man, that was that was money. World's greatest tag team days. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. And I just got this great idea scrolling through WWE's roster. What if, let's say, Booker T shows up one random Monday. Booker's walking through the back. Booker sees Cedric sitting there in catering looking sad. And it's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you got too much talent. Pick yourself up. He's like, oh, man, you know, I don't think I got it. Well, you got a match. Go show me that you got it. Go show the world. And then you do that. You got Booker coming through. He's just scooping up talent. And, you know, just trying to pull everybody in. Like, all right, you come here. You come here. Booker builds a nice little stable. Young up-and-coming stars. Boom. And then they turn on Booker after a couple months, and there you go. That can definitely work. You do it right. It should be good. You get the rub for everybody. It's definitely something that can work. And, I mean, I just hope some of these guys get some love. I mean, these are the guys that are are very talented, have been in prominent spots one way or another, held titles, and just got to see them get that other little push just to stay afloat. And, I mean, I, we were talking about uh, last night's Raw, and I'm actually watching it right now. A guy, another vet that's been getting a lot of push lately is R Truth. They're oh, yeah. giving R Truth all the flowers right now, and you love to see it. Oh yeah, I was definitely was going to say when you mentioned Shelton and being around for a while. That honestly, there's nobody on the WWE roster that probably deserves their flowers and moments especially when it comes to black wrestlers, more than our truth Because if it was anybody else that was given this gimmick or stuck in this spot, that it'd been dead in the water. There's no way the 24-7 title would have worked with anybody other than our truth Didn't expect it to work either, and it worked. Like, it, he carried it and made it entertaining. It's not as entertaining right now, but he made it 100% entertaining when it first started. Yeah, I remember like WWE social accounts posting a video on a Sunday of our truth out on a golf course with Carmella and Jinder Mahal jumping him, taking the title, and then our truth getting it right back and driving off on a golf cart, waving the title, laughing. Like that is gold. That is pure comedic gold. Yep, yep, and that's, that shows how you uh, take lemons and make lemonade right there with a guy like our truth. Somebody, and you love. I love seeing that when a guy takes 
a bad gimmick and can make it great. And our truth is the epitome of that from is, uh, what was his, what was his, what was his old name? K quick. K quick. Oh my God. That's when he was with road dog as a tag team. And he's, that was man. I don't even, I can't even think about what year that was. He's still with the company. 1999, if I'm not mistaken. It is 2020. This man is still with the company and essentially the same rapping gimmick and has made popularity of it. In fact, he released a a new uh, actual track on Worldstar last week. Has a new single. I remember, like, R-Truth, he was there, K-Quick, he left for a while, he went to TNA, and while at TNA, he won the NWA World Heavyweight title and had a lengthy reign with it. It was a lot more taken as a more serious character. Make it go in the ring. And he's shown that, like, he might get these little spurts in the ring, but he's great on the mic, as you saw with Brock. He's great just with anything. He can go in the ring. And also, he can be serious because there was an angle with him and The Miz about five years ago. Oh. Five, six years ago, maybe? Yeah. That was money. And I was like, that was gold. Therefore, to put the title on one of these and please be our truth. And then they, of course, mismanaged it and dropped the ball randomly but hey that was the you suck that was the you suck our truth yep. <laughs> he's coming down and really saying you suck and then he came to the ring dressed as the uh i don't know what the hell that was the the pilgrim or the i don't even know what it was do you remember what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about oh let me see if i can find it that's when he had a feud with with cena i believe yep which is ironic because now every time he comes to the ring, he talks about John Cena being his childhood hero. <laughs> also, this is what I talk about all the time. Do not insult my intelligence, WWE. I don't forget. Oh, Johnny Gargano is not a heel. That's all. That's for me to say. All of that. Also, can we not forget that you want to know how great our truth is and how he should one hundred percent be a Hall of Famer. He got little Jimmy over. Oh my God. An imaginary kid. Got imaginary it. kid that doesn't o- exist. Like over, over. Like you are printing t shirts and you see them front row, like not plants, like over. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Man, it's great. Yeah, uh, truth is a national treasure. And the more things I see about our truth in this present day and age is that he's a joy in the WWE locker room as a vet, too. Everything, everybody loves our truth backstage and loves working with him. So I can't wait to see him in the Hall of Fame one day. And I, I like that they gave him this like 20 something title reign to kind of epitomize the 24 7 championship and bring it back to relevance. That's just, it's just awesome to see. Um, I was just cruising through the roster right now, and there's a lot of guys who have tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's WWE we'll talk about. But one from, I guess, present day and, and kind of past that I enjoy just as a human is Titus O'Neil. And I met Titus O'Neil in Miami last year at a convention. Very nice guy, very approachable. He was actually talking about uh, this book he wrote uh, titled There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid. And he talked about his upbringing, um, as a child and whatnot. And if you haven't heard about this story, it's, it's, it's bone chilling. And this, this is a man that gives back to his community in Florida 
so much. And then another thing I love about Titus Young, um, without spoiling it, he has a TED Talk. Uh, his name, real name is, I believe, Thaddeus Butcher. He talks about his mother, how he was born, um, everything he struggled with as a child. And he's just a very – there's not too many people who are, like, you just think are in awe of him. You think they're just powerful. You feel their aura. Titus is one of those people. And I think that's why – He's a mainstay in this company. It's obviously not for um, the in-ring work or his character or things like that. He's had some moments um, as a tag team member and stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing about Titus is his impact outside of WWE is why they love him within this company. Oh, definitely. Like, if you ever notice when they show those little promo highlight packages of, oh, you know, we did this, this, and this. You know whose face is front and center 90% of the time? It's Titus. Titus is one of the first things you see. Yeah, it's like when you see NBA cares, like, does things like that. That's Titus O'Neal of WWE. Like, we are, they always, like, tout how many make-a-wish um, things that John Cena has done. But Titus O'Neal out here moving units in the state of Florida, man. He's giving back to all these kids, uh, keeping them off the streets, getting them enrolled in colleges helping them become better athletes. It's it's an amazing thing. Like Titus O'Neil to Florida is kind of like what Akon is to parts of Africa right now. Oh, definitely. Especially in the Tampa area where he's from. He does a lot of great work down there. I think he has one or two foundations. But like back to school time, you see, you hear he's present in the community. Yeah, he's going to be a WWE lifer because of things like that. And like you said, it's not really about his in-ring work, but he does get his moments when he has them. Speaking of which, they're heading to Saudi Thursday. Oh, there's no Rumble match. Oh, man. That was another moment that he created that was just amazing. Completely unintentional, but so great. The tightest world slide. And and the cool thing is, is like most guys would get mad about that and I want to be known for it. He took it on the chin and even played around with it. Uh, for times after the greatest Royal Rumble, man. So you love to see guys like that that just are happy to be doing, just happy to be in their position. Exactly. Titus understands, hey, I'm not going to be a world champ, not going to be used that much, maybe, you know, as an enhancement to help get a few people over. And I'm okay with that because you've afforded me a comfortable life. I know he has at least one child because I met him and his son at AAU tournament. He has two sons. Okay, let's just say, no, I met one of them at a tournament. And he's doing all this great community work, which he genuinely cares about. He is a man of the people. So, yeah, Titus, definitely one of the best ones, and especially outside of the ring. So that's a great, great find there and mention. And then um, we talk about current guys. We, I mean, we touched on a little bit earlier with representation uh, being important of course, Kofi Kingston's run last year touched so many people. Um, I know we've talked about this in the beginning stages of our podcast. Like, I'm a big New Day fan. I legit have every piece of merchandise, every – well, most action figures, every T-shirt, things like that. I just love what they're doing. And ever since it started, um, I knew it was something different. And I think that's why it's been a mainstay. And there's so many internet fans that are crying for, oh, let's break the New Day up. And it's like, why? You haven't seen anything like this. It's different. 
that, like you look at merchandise on the website on shop.com, you see all these black t-shirts and then you see uh, this fluorescent orange shirt or this lime green shirt. Cause the new day has brought something fresh and, and like uh, riveting to the brand of WWE. And it's like, it's so cool. It's just based off positivity, but it had, it's had legs and it's been cool to see not only Kofi be a world champion, but one thing that went, um, I, I want, I want to say unnoticed, but it didn't get enough pub in my opinion that there was a point in time last year where all three of them held the gold on SmackDown. Yeah. Kofi was the champ. Woods and Big E held down the tag titles. A great moment for black excellence. Exactly. And it reminded me of the picture we talked about last week of of the New Day, Sasha Banks, Rich Swan, um, all holding the goal with black excellence at the caption. It's something you don't see enough of. And like I said, they didn't pub, give enough pub to it. But the New Day for the past, I want to say, five years have been a staple of the WWE. Like, And it's great to see. They're tag team champions right now. Um, and honestly, Kofi Kingston probably had one of the bigger moments in WWE history winning the championship at WrestleMania. Definitely. Like, that is going to be a moment that will be played back through. It'll be up there with Hogan slamming Andre. It's just that type of moment. And, yeah, it is Rich Swan, Sasha, and the New Day. Just had to find it real quick. And they took the photo in black and white, and the only pops of color were their title belts. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that might have to be the the photo for this podcast this week. It just might have to be. (laughs) It's just one of those moments. And is there anybody else present day we want to shed light on that we haven't yet? Present day. Let's see here. We touched a new day. Touched Titus. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess one guy, and I don't know if you want to comp- call him present day or tomorrow, he has a championship match with Brock Lesnar on Thursday. <sighs> Ricochet, yeah, we yeah, we touched yeah, we touched on Ricochet. Real quick, is is Ricochet black? I am okay, we're gonna do this again. <laughs> we're gonna no, no, do this we, again. We know Ricochet is black, but you know. Oh man, because I mean I think we're. I think we can be um, 100% from the field on these responses this week. Oh, I mean, Twitter's a powerful tool. I'm. I'm I am positive this. I, that would be an even bigger shock, shocker to me. Let's see. Yeah, he's black. Like I just took a good look at him. Yeah, he's black. Yeah, I'm almost positive. But if anything, he's mixed, but yeah. It's neither here nor there. And neither here nor there. Uh, great wrestler, formerly known as Prince Puma. Been on the been on the circuit for a long time. It's great to see what he's doing in WWE. I personally feel like he should have got some chances to cook a little longer in NXT, but they felt like he was ready for the main roster and he's been doing great work uh since being on the raw brand as a tag team member and then as a singles act right now, and he's finally getting his I guess you would call it his time to shine in the spotlight. If you remember, um, there was a time ago where he was actually endorsed by The Rock, and The Rock don't endorse that many people. So when you get that blessing, you know you got uh, a star on you. So he's almost destined for greatness. I don't don't think he's going to get a victory on Thursday, 
but it's great to see him in that spotlight. What do you think? Yeah, same. I should say he ain't leaving Saudi with the gold, but the fact that they're even in the match says a lot because if we're to believe what we hear, Brock basically picks his opponents more or less. Right. So for Brock to be like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to work with you. Even if you take five German suplexes and have five and you're out of here in five minutes, hey, still, you were in the ring with Brock. It was a title match. You had the rub. That's all you need. So, yeah, definitely ricochet. Oh, speaking of people, not decide, not to just, you know, hit ricochet with a quick drive-by, but speaking of wrestlers that don't get their due, that have kind of been around for a while, I know she's not technically black, but we're going to throw her in there anyway. Tamina. Okay. I see where you're going there. She's She's been around for a long time, and, and it and I feel like there's been moments where Tamina was was right there, um, but the injuries, the injuries have come at the worst times. And I know she's pretty much a staple of um, the women's division has been for a long time. Obviously, the daughter of Jimmy Superfly Snuka, um, she had a big run earlier in her career with the Usos. Yeah, she had a nice little early career run kind of faded out. Like you said, it seemed like every time they were putting something into her, there's an injury. It's a knee. It's a shoulder. And so unfortunate for somebody who has like such rich roots. It's such a unique look on top of that. Right. But she's definitely somebody who definitely deserves the flowers. And I'm pretty sure she's a great staple um, in the locker room as well. And I, I think, if if you want to be honest, she could be one of those people that has kind of one of those Mark Henry moments one day. Hey, if you give me a good three month Tamina reign or two months, or if you do one and you do it right, I'm happy. Yeah, she can definitely have one of those Mark Henry moments. Somebody who's been around the company for a while, um, kind of hasn't had that championship title reign. I mean, why not? Makes all the sense in the world. I mean, plus we've we've done worse with other title runs, so I see no problem there. Hmm. That's subjective. That's a subjective thought. We've done worse with other title runs. You know what? I'm going to let you have that. I'm not going to go there today. No, no. I I honestly came today uh, reference-free. This is not going to be a a reference slide-in podcast. We honoring Black athletes of past, present, and tomorrow. No, there will be no references today. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure. Like I said, I told you I was going to put baby in the corner for the next episode. <laughs> so, getting back to Ricochet, where do we think? And this will actually tie into the wrestlers of tomorrow who we think will make the biggest impact. Assuming the inevitable that he does lose on Thursday, what is the I don't want to limit this man, but I don't know how to ask you in any way. What do you think his peak is in, in this company? Ooh. His ceiling is I see United States champ, but can also easily slide up to the main event. But I don't think he could ever get it. Okay. I see Ricochet as one of those one-offs. Obviously one of the more exciting wrestlers in the company. 
And I think we've trended away from the big wrestler needing to be all these different things. Of course, Finn Balor got a championship and they're probably the same size. So I see him having one of those type of title reigns, either that one off where Finn Balor was a champion or like when Jeff Hardy or Christian became world champions. I, I see one of those one offs that happen. Okay. Maybe not a perennial champion where he's in the in the picture all the time, but there's that one moment that he does reach the top of the mountain. I can see that. I can see him getting a one run. Yeah. Especially like probably during the downtime for WWE. Like that post SummerSlam lull. Why not? That's usually when they tend to experiment things anyway. Exactly. Yeah. One of those times, like shortly after that gets him in that spotlight. Now, we talk about we going on moving on from Ricochet. We talk about the people of tomorrow. There's so many athletes, and we're not just talking about the guys that are undervalued. Uh, so many athletes who are going into the next two decades of WWE who are going to make such a big impact. And let's start with the women. All right. Because that's been the biggest focus for, I'd say, the greater part of the past five, five years. And uh, we've had some champions, Naomi, uh, Sasha Banks, who absolute studs in the ring, um, great talents. And we hope to see them have very more title reigns in Charlotte. At some point. Um, <laughs> and we talked about Bianca Belair being next up. Who else? Who else do we see getting to that spot? Ooh, from the women's side. You know, I'm just looking through the roster. It's kind of light on black women. First one that comes to mind, um, Mia Young. Yeah. You got Mia Young. She'll probably be next. She'll get her run. Ember Moon, I feel like once she finally gets healthy and is like stays healthy, the sky's the limit for her. And I feel like they're probably going to want to strap the rocket to her back. Yeah, I agree. I think Ember's another one that can be a definite um, champion one day. I think they view her as that once she gets past Sakili's injury. And you brought up Tamina a little while ago. Let's give Alicia Fox some flowers. Good old Foxy. Man, she's been around forever and kind of in the background, has the crazy gimmick and wears it well. But she's somebody who's uh, one of those pioneers women's wrestling from that Divas era who's kind of still been around in this picture. Not not in a TV capacity now. Not sure what's happened, but that's another person who you think about people who have made an impression of – black representation in wrestling, you can't miss Alicia Fox. Oh, yeah. She definitely shows up on a lot of live shows, usually the first or second match. She plays the heel role great. Alicia Fox, yeah, former Divas champ. Had the thing with the Bellas. She's carried through. She had, like, a captain gimmick, I feel like, like a year or two ago. She was a captain of the Survivor Series team. Yep. So, yeah, she's great. Does play the crazy like a fox gimmick. Perfect. Definitely probably the most forgotten about women, woman in the women's division, especially when it comes to black women for WWE. Yeah. So we're talking about that next big star. Um, I guess it, I guess you look no further than like a Mia Yim and a Bianca Blair. 
that's it. Unless they sign somebody like Big Swole. I don't know if you've seen any of her matches. Yeah, definitely have. I've that has star written all over it. So unless they find a way to get like a Big Swole, what they currently have that we're aware of, your next big stars are going to be Mia Yim and Bianca Belair, especially Bianca Belair. And if we really want to look down the pipeline in about three, four years, Simone Johnson. Yeah, there you go. That's a little bit of a, of a prediction there. Unless you just completely swing and miss on her, which I don't know how that's possible. Ooh. You swing and miss on the Rock's daughter, that's going to be cool. That's cool. I don't think you, you can't do that. You can't do that at all. There's no way you can do that. Now, from the men's side, I think I know who you would say you would want to see get a title run or kind of that big belt run. I'm thinking since we're kind of transitioning to an era where you don't got to be the biggest guy at all or anything like that. Um, And we had it happen with Kofi, which is – which was one of the greatest moments of all time, um, in my opinion, for somebody who is looking for representation. I think you got to have – I think Leo Rush would be a reach, right? <laughs> Leo Rush would be a definite reach. But I'm going to go off uh, – I think I think Montez Ford can be that guy. Ooh, ooh. I know that wasn't the name you were probably thinking, but I know – I think Ford just has range. I think he has a great character. Uh, I think he's uh, a great, has a great personality outside of his gimmick with the Street Profits. And I'm, I'm not saying he'll separate from Dawkins anytime soon, but I think the man is a star. And I think they would be wise to explore that someday. Oh, he's definitely a star. I realized he was a star in the NXT ladder match where they won the tag titles. Yeah. I was like, oh, this man is money. Like, he's money. Just how long are we going to keep them together? That's what that's that's like the that's the big question. How long are these guys going to be a tag team before we test out this star power? Will he have to wait the proverbial 11 years like Kofi? Also, do we really have to break them up for him to run solo? Well, you know, everything's regurgitated (laughs) in WWE. Street Profits are pretty much a carbon copy of crime time. It pretty pretty much is. I'm sorry. I came across a JTG picture and then, and had to, had to say it. Yeah. I saw that photo earlier and I was like, Nah, I'm not going to mention it. I'm just going to keep it moving. By the way, uh, Jay is a cool guy. Worked out with him a few times out here in L.A. He's very approachable guy. Nice. Um, if you support black businesses, try his beard oil products. Very good stuff. Um, not a shot to him at all, but just the WWE writers for the crime time gimmick. <laughs> oh, man. That's offensive for the record. Saying that <laughs> The Street Profits of Crime Time. What Even though I've be? said that, I've said it myself. I know for a fact I've said it on Twitter and probably a few other places. But um, whew, whew, 
I, I'll give you one better. Some somebody, a friend told me that they see the Street Profits as a ripoff of Harlem Heat. Ain't no damn way. No way. Not a chance. I don't see Harlem Heat when I see Street Profits. I see Crime Time. Yeah, I'm doing the stare of a thousand blank stares right now. Like Harlem Heat? Nah. Crime Time, 100%. No argument here. Yeah, so I mean, it's not a bad thing. We talk about we talked about how um, gimmicks have trend been transcended from back then to now, and some things remain the same. It's yeah. just just what happens. You know how it goes. More they change, more they stay the same. Yeah, so I mean, nothing wrong with it. So I mean, but like I said, I think Montez Ford has star written all over him. I think the obvious answer is Velveteen Dream. But yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like, for whatever reason, I feel like Velveteen Dream ain't coming to Raw or SmackDown until like 2023 or something like that. <laughs> it's going to be a long time. I just worry that when Velveteen makes it to, again, the quote-unquote Raw, I mean the quote-unquote main roster, that he doesn't become Gold Dust once they took the uh, legs out from underneath Gold Dust. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to be as bad as just the stuttering gold does, but I just don't want that Velveteen dream to be watered down. I need the Velveteen that will put another man's wife on his tights. <laughs> you want him to come out the gates and have Stephanie McMahon on his tights? Please do. And be like, Hunter, how about now? Ironically enough, I feel like that would be something he does at a takeover just to get called up. We've already seen the call me up Vince tights. Like, it's just, what if? There's definitely a chance that that can happen. If team makes it to like Raw SmackDown, comes out, has stuff face on his tights, and is like, should have called me up Vince or something on the back. Man, I can see that. I can totally see that. So Velveteen Dream definitely has a star power written all over him. It it will be it'll be epic proportions of of a mishap if he's not a actual WWE World Champion one day. Yeah, I don't know how you mismanage that. I don't know how you do, but I know you've also been a big, uh, I guess, big into the idea of Big E being a World Champion as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. Big E has world champ all over him. Like, he has the size. He has everything. The look, the mic. I don't know why you wouldn't put the title on him. And you just proved you don't have to break up the New Day for one of them to be world champ. Okay. I mean, I see your argument, and I get it. But I think it's – I don't know how you can get there. Without without Kofi at least trying to go back for the title once. Well, you kind of already made things easy where they don't have to quote unquote go back. Kofi doesn't have to go back for it because Kofi was the WWE champ. Brock nerfed Kofi. Brock is now on Raw. Kofi is on SmackDown. The Universal Title is on SmackDown. Right. Right. So it's not like Biggie's going for something that Kofi never had a chance to go back for. So 
I don't really see the issue there. You have Big E, let's say the Fiend decides to go back on his random rampage. And he like takes that again. Hey, it worked once, why not twice? Let's say he takes Kofi out. And Biggie's like, yo, I'm tired of this. You all hiding in the shadows and everything, trying to sneak attack us. You took my boy out. Woods is already out. Matter of fact, this is how it goes. Woods shows up on SmackDown. Fiend comes out. He takes Woods, nurse him. Boom. Woods is back off, still rehabbing. Okay, cool. New Day's like, yo, where is he? Where is he? Looking for him. You get a couple Firefly Funhouse segments. A few weeks later, Fiend pops back up, takes Kofi out. And then Biggie's like, look, tired of this. You want to see me? Come see me in this ring and bring the belt. Boom. Biggie knocks off the Fiend thanks to the power of positivity. It writes itself, man. Tell me we're going back to the Wyatt compound. <sighs> if we don't, if we're not going back to the Wyatt compound, I don't want it. I don't want it. I forgot no, they had I don't that. want it. Didn't didn't Randy burn down like three of those versions of his compound? Like how many does Bray have? I feel like everything that know. Bray has keeps getting burnt down. I just know that the Wyatt compound match was better than the final deletion match, and I will die on that hill. I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. <laughs> I will die on that hill. Hundred times better. Okay. Uh, whoa, whoa, pump your brakes now. Pump your brakes. I just said it was better. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about all right when we talk about um let's say both men and women's divisions and we talk about we talked about tomorrow who are your favorite acts today black favorite athletes today of course you have the new day arguably the most popular act in the whole entire company i'm gonna throw okay. the usos in there even though they're samoan yeah, no, yes, this black. You get a pass. You get a pass. Yeah, yeah it's hey, black. We roll in the same circles. Yeah, because you have the rock, your cousins with the rock reigns. There, there's enough black in there where we can qualify you as black. And I'd say Naomi. Definitely forgot how much I actually enjoyed Naomi, especially since she's come back rocking the natural hair oh, and yeah. just killing it and transform, transformed her body something serious. Mm-hmm. It's like, where all the maps come from? Mm-hmm. I'll say um, I, I'm, I'm piggyback on the new day. I would say in recent months, my favorite character has been Leo Rush, though. And I already know about the mic skills. I, I've known about what he was doing on Twitter to kind of boost his character before. And I actually saw his debut match. A little story time. I saw his debut match um, a couple years ago in Ontario, really like literally across the street from my house. I think he fought. A, it was either Akira Tazawa or somebody. And I was captivated by his ring work. And now that he's able to put this on on like a on a national scale on live TV, it's just dope to see. I think Leo Rush has been money uh, for the past six months now. And when we talk about women's wrestlers, I'm 100%, I'd have to say, Sasha Banks. I think Sasha Banks is dope when given the chance. I wish they would actually give her a legit title reign. That is more than one title defense that that hasn't happened yet. Um, I got to say it, the gimmick right now, trash. Don't like it. Sasha's not wrestling. She's tweeting how much money she makes and how happy she is with Vince McMahon every single day. It seems like a, like a knockoff Floyd Mayweather thing that's going on 
Um, they don't got the ass whooping behind it. She's not catching no bodies. Um, but the boss gimmick, I've been a big fan of what Sasha means in the ring as far as her ring psychology storytelling. I think she's the best in the women's division in that regard. And you got I, I just love the fact that she really loves the business. Like she'll really die in the sword for the business for whatever's the best for the company. She actually loves what she does. And that's, that's kind of rare. She's not there for the paycheck like her gimmick today would state. She actually loves uh, wrestling and creating work. Yeah, so I'm saying that's the whole reason she took her little sabbatical was because she cares so much about the business. Yeah, like she ain't trying to put out no trash. So it's like, I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. I guess um, we've kind of touched on pretty much all the eras of wrestling and even looking at who's going to make an impact tomorrow. You want to let's talk some quick dream matches then. All right. You want to just say just like across all eras, just yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Let's do all eras. So for um, I think since we haven't brought him up yet since earlier today or earlier in this this podcast, Keith Lee and Mark Henry. Ooh, ooh. That would be good. Because Mark Henry's going to bring the power. Keith Lee is going to bring the athleticism with just two big behemoths of men. I think that would be really amazing to see. Yeah, I'm picturing Keith Lee hitting a hurricane on Mark Henry. Right? I think I think that would be I, – I, I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Here's one that I really want to see. Give me – Ahmed Johnson, Bobby Lashley, Falls Count Anywhere. Hmm. Break that down for me a little bit. Why Why those two? Because I like violence. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it just breaks down to. It's two. Also, they're kind of similarly built. Yeah. Just, you know, hey, give me the violence. Fall Count Anywhere. I don't need this to be technical. I just need this to be hard hitting and ugly. With that, with that little pearl river plunge on Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you know you can even bring Lana out. You know, just go full circle with it. Yeah, I think from a promo aspect too, I would love even if it doesn't resonate in a match, I would love to see a promo segment between The Rock and The Velveteen Dream. <laughs> I do want better. Give me Rock and Leo Rush. Oh, do you think Leo Rush can hang? Yeah, because I feel like Leo's just going to start talking shit. I feel like that would kill Leo's character. I, mean, I think once you get in a promo with The Rock, like you, you either sink or swim. <laughs> like I feel like Velveteen would keep it. Like the mystique would still be there. It'd be yeah. a little, yeah. Like, he would tread water. He was 100% tread water. Leo's like, nah, nah, we going in the deep end. Let's do this today. Who else? I think think that promo with The Rock versus The New Day, and they they referenced this on their pod, and they've talked about it in interviews. I think they kind of stumped The Rock at one point, which was like a badge of honor. (laughs) 
if you can ever earn one in a promo with The Rock, because he's pretty much gonna gonna nerf you every time. <laughs> you know who we haven't talked about since we're talking about black people and non-black people like Mark Merrill? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we haven't talked anything about MVP, who's actually been featured on programming in recent weeks. You know, you're right. And I saw MVP when I was going through and I was just like, hmm. But Montel Vontavious Porter, yeah, it's been one heck of a gimmick. Kind of on a Legends run right now. It's almost, it might be kind of expected that he goes into the Hall of Fame too, since he's on this out of nowhere run. Uh two-time United States champion and also a tag team champion with Matt Hardy. I'm going to have to look that up because I don't remember that at all. I um, vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. Then he did some stints in New Japan uh, wrestling as well after his WWE run. But this is a, he was a part of that era that kind of was after that, kind of after that attitude era lull, if you would. Yep, he was like ruthless aggression. Yeah, like towards the end of it where it turned into what is this, the reality era is what they call it? Yeah. Definitely one of those characters back then um, that kept the show afloat. Always very good in the ring. Um, great to see him getting his just due right now as a character too, bringing him back. Yeah. I have no problem with him taking a victory lap because it's well done, well-deserved. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced. Exactly. That's the main thing about victory laps. When they feel forced, it's like, ah, come on, bro. But his, it's like, oh, man, we kind of forgot about you. But this, yeah. We raised my television screen for a while. Yeah. Oh, here's a dream match that I would love to see, and I know you would too. Harlem Heat, New Day. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I would like that. That would be money. And I, I wouldn't even care which, which two of the three members of the New Day either. I was just going to ask you which 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 two of the three. Oh, man. I, I'd probably take the speed route versus the uh, the power of the, uh, the Harlem Heat. Okay. I feel like I want to keep Big E in there just to match Stevie Ray, which Stevie Ray is criminally underrated as well as a solo act. Let's talk about it. Because I think I saw an interview the other day that Stevie Ray did. Somehow he, I think it was in regards to like the NWO going on, going in the Hall of Fame. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you should put in most of the members, especially the ones that had a major impact. And folks were like, well, Stevie, uh, real quick, do you feel like you're kind of forgotten? And he's like, yeah, because I didn't go to WWE. He's like, I saw what they were doing to my brother, to all these other big names. And I was like, nah. I got enough guaranteed money. My kids are kind of getting a little older. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, no. Nah. And you talking about uh, his NWO time when he was slapjack Stevie Ray. Oh, boy. Yep. Coming through just pop up. Yep. Man had range. He's a good character. I, I think one of my favorite Stevie Ray moments, uh, and you can look at his, look up this interview on, on YouTube. I forget who he was beefing with, but he called somebody a fruit booty. And Gino Clinton had that look on his face like, fruit booty. He's like, nah, you know what I mean, man. I know exactly which interview you're talking about. Like, Gene kept that whole thing afloat. Like, <laughs> gold. Straight gold. 
you got I mean you gotta in order to love what WWE is today, you have to appreciate those like old WCW segments. Oh man, slap fruit booty. Oh yep. Things you cannot get away with now. Definitely things nah. This whole era outside of wrestling, you can there's a lot of things you cannot say at all. And that era is proof of that. So looking looking back on all these eras of wrestling, we got our favorites, we got our dream matches. Did we miss anybody? Um Big Cat, Ernie Ladd, Ernest yeah. Miller, Junkyard, Coco Beware, Abdul the Butcher, Soul Man, Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas, Ron Simmons, Nation of Domination, Rock as a solo, Ahmed Johnson. Mark Henry, Booker T, Stevie Ray, New Day. I feel like we missed somebody, but yet I don't think we did. I feel like we're gonna find out that uh just like we found out Mark Merrill was was white, we're gonna find out like somebody random is actually black. <laughs> oh man. So we're gonna find out Bobby Fish is black and we were slandering the gray beard last week. You know that would explain why that edge up is so immaculate, though? <laughs> oh, man. We're going we're gonna to find out something like that. Like, just something so random. It's like, just, oh, man. We're going we're gonna, to we're submit this podcast Twitter. Like, oh, yeah, we wanted all black wrestlers. And somebody like, I don't know. Uh, we, I, let me think of a random name. Let me think of somebody super random. This this could have that could have been a very easy way for me to like slide in a reference, but I'm not gonna do that to you this week. I was waiting for it. <laughs> you, you're probably waiting for it. You're really probably waiting for it. Like, we're gonna, we gonna find out like like Sami Zayn or something like that is black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually like ten percent. Like really? It's like hmm. No, would have never known. Let's see. Let's let me look at NXT roster. Actually, let me look at the alumni and see who would shock me. It's like, oh, you know they're actually black, right? Hmm. <laughs> who on this list would surprise me? Doink the cloud. <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah, there's no way that could happen. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me he was. I was going to say, what? <laughs> like, there's no way. Um, who, 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 would, who would really be shocking? You're like, wait, seriously? They're black? You said who would shock me? Yeah. Oh man, who who would shock me? I mean, obviously they got to be a tweener, right? Mean yeah, we mean that we really can't tell by the pigment and stuff like that. Yeah, you got to sit in that racially ambiguous land. Who would? Hmm. Somebody that would like. I'd be surprised if Damian Priest is black. He's Puerto Rican. Yeah, I mean, I know he's not. Like, he's definitely not. No, no, I'm saying Puerto Rican might as well, you know, is black adjacent. 
I'd be surprised. But who else? Like, I guess there's definitely people out there. Like, it, is Jason Jordan black? I think he's half black. Perry Saturn, I think is half black as well. You mentioned that, and I, I never knew this. We talked about Taz the other day in our text messages. Yeah, I, I had to look it up and confirm it, but I, I was like, what? Let's see. Is Jason Jordan black? What about No Way Jose? You know, I saw him and I was like, hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm not finna bring up old Adam Rose with some Caribbean jerk seasoning. All right, so funny that you mentioned Jason Jordan. He might be mixed or not black. At all. Only reason I say this, his real name is Nathan Everhart. Hmm. I'm not one to judge off of a name, but... Hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's a there's definitely a chance. Like he looks black. Oh, 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 hold on. I think he is white. Nah. Nah. <clears throat> He is American and is of white ethnicity. Really? Don't know how legit this is. Wait, what? Yeah. We got to take that one to Twitter. We got to take that one to Twitter. Hold on. Is this another Mark Merrill situation? (laughs) Are you really finna? (laughs) We got to take that one to Twitter, bro. that's, That's different. You know, you know, we didn't get to actually. I take this back um, before we do that. Um, we didn't talk about our our managers. Oh yeah, we. Slick, how could we forget? Long. Oh, I'm sorry, Jason Jordan is at least half black. I just found a photo of him and his dad, and his okay. dad kind of looks like Norman Smiley. And the plot thickens. I get his dad looks like a generic black dad. Oh, there we go. Mystery has been solved. However, he is mixed. It's all good. It's all good. And then it's Black History episode for Black History Month. It counts. It counts <laughs> for sure. And I know we didn't. It, I mean, there's so many. I'm looking at the alumni section now. I guess what would surprise me, like, what if like Rick Steiner was black or a percentage? You know, I always felt like Rick Steiner had a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's some names we didn't get off in here. Like, I know you didn't want to talk Virgil. Um, Thinking about Keith Lee and, like, the pounce made me remember Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, yeah, there we go. 
kind of where that pounce move originated. Who else we got in here? New Jack, we didn't mention. Yeah, we talked about New Jack a little bit before before the pod started and what he meant to ECW. Definitely one of those like um, pioneer characters of the ECW brand before it was purchased by WWE. Yeah. No days off, Darren Young. The first on Andy Circuit, openly gay wrestler in WWE history. Yeah, kudos to him. So, kudos to him. speaking of Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, I randomly decided to watch the Elimination Chamber pay per view from 2016 where the New Day defended their titles inside the chamber. Okay. The final two teams in that matchup were the New Day and the Primetime Players. I was like, oh, we're going to have black tag champs either way. Because it was them, you had the Ascension, you had Los Matadors, and you had the, uh, not the Lucha Bros, but um, the Lucha Dragons. Lucha, okay. And you also had Kid and Cesaro, which reminds me, WWE is just like, hey, to Hispanics, there you go, throw some masks on, Lucha! You and guys are Puerto Rican. You're going to be Matadors. Terrible. Yeah. Yes, it is. But I think we've covered the basis. I'm sure once somebody listens to this, they're going to be like, hey, you guys forgot about so-and-so. Yeah, they might be like, you forgot about so-and-so, and they'll be like, wait, they're black? <laughs> so, yeah, also, I, I look forward to those aha moments, by the way. Yeah, and also, if anybody wants to tweet Taz on Twitter so we can figure out for sure if he's black or not, you know, we just go ahead and put that to bed, too. Because, again, the breaking news for this pod, Mark Merrill is not a black man. He is white, and he is a Christian motivational speaker nowadays. And we love him all the same for all those great moments throughout his career. Just, who's carrying the Who's carrying the banner for uh, WWE as a black athlete in the next? Let's say the next five. Keith Lee. Yep, and that's how we should end. I actually think I think it's going to be Keith Lee as well. He's the hottest act. He's something. He's something that's different. Definitely, definitely. So big man moves like a cruiserweight. Yep. Yeah, he's not a. I don't know what you said. He's not a demonized clown or whatever you call it. The fiend, man. That oh, the disrespect. Right, so I found the article that I wrote, and I've called the fiend the demon, a demonized psychopathic doink the clown. Oh, the exact is. quote that I used in this article was, "This demon clown from Mister Rogers' neighborhood from hell." So I want you guys to spam Jacob over the next week um, for comparing the fiend to doink. And that's, again, the, that's that's all I heard. That's all that's echoing in my mind that this man compared that character to Doink the Clown. And again, I say, go back and watch early Doink the Clown before he turned into Bozo Doink. When Doink was a hill, Doink was out here giving people nightmares and everything else. So now, watch that and then see how 
this is just doink that just fell a few levels deep in hell and came back with a vengeance. And yet he justifies his actions. Yes, I do justify it. Just like Mojo Raleigh wishes he could justify bringing Riddick Moss to the main roster. because And there's our the reference. Ass. There's You're our welcome. reference. I did it for you this we week. Didn't have to, You're we, welcome. You didn't need me to do it. See, it's a thing now. It's a thing. He did it on his own. I, I actually, I opted out this week. I opted I, out. I said I wasn't going to do it on this podcast. We're not talking about our regular NXT talk, but I mean, hey, Cedric is happy. I know. Just Cedric's just happy. because I saw you pass up on it a couple times, there you go. That is my gift to you. Now, if you think I'm going to end the Black History Podcast talking about Mojo Raleigh, you're out your damn mind. <laughs> We're going to end this podcast talking about the greatest 24-7 champion ever, our truth and how it is only a matter of time before he takes his title back. And that's all I got left. Yeah, our truth it will be only a matter of time before he takes his title back. I, I don't know what they're doing with this 24-7 title angle. Um, honestly, it's very – it's in a very strange area because maybe they're just not using the TV time board or whatever, but it's kind of a limbo. But while we're talking about – the great R-Truth, um, real name Ron Killings. Go over to Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you stream your music from and listen to his new single, Set It Off. That is my gift to you guys, and that's how we'll end the pod discussing black history in the sport of wrestling. Yep. So this has been a special edition of the Believe in NXT podcast. We appreciate you guys listening through this, and more than likely this will be broken down in two bits because me and Seth care that much about you people. So... We will be back later this week in our normal Saturday slot with our normal breakdown of NXT TV this week. Just a quick reminder, you have Ciampa versus Austin Theory. We're expecting Gargano to show up. Finn announces his plans. And last but not least, Rhea Ripley. I'm sorry. Wow. Wrong generic blonde. Charlotte Flair makes her return back to NXT to take on the baddest, the EST of NXT herself, Bianca Belair. So we're going to break all that down for you. Hopefully we don't have to start the episode with an explicit rant. So don't drop the ball, WWE. And until next time, I'm Jacob. That said, we're out of here. We're out of here. We're going to discuss why Rhea Ripley has to be a generic blonde on the next podcast now. Wow. <laughs> wow. It doesn't end. It she, doesn't end. But She was one. And we'll get into that on in the next episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at underscore jdella at said underscore says, and of course at Believe Podcast. And tell Believe, hey, we need more of these guys. What can we do to help them? So tweet Believe, let them know. We're out of here, and I promise you we will discuss Rhea Ripley and her being generic on the next episode. Peace. Later, y'all.